that and praying about it earlier in the week, um, I kept thinking about, you know, maybe we should go back and talk about the validity of Scripture and what exactly Bible study, good, are good Bible study methods. And so I thought we would spend just a little bit of time or a couple of weeks uh, uh, talking about the Word of God and, the, and how important it is to be in the Word of God and really the blessings of the Word of God in our lives. Um, passage that I want to go back and read uh, is Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. Would you click the first slide for me, Corbin? And Psalm 119 says, Your word I have tre treasured or hidden uh, in my heart that I may not sin against you. And the question I have for you is, what do we think of the Bible? What do we think of the Bible? Of course, we're here in a Bible-believing, preaching church. At least I hope you think we're a Bible-teaching church. If that's not something you think of us, then we're doing something wrong. But what do you think of the Bible? So in this church, hopefully you think it's everything. It is extremely important in my life. The question is, do you believe it is a blessing? <laughs> right? Is it a blessing? And everybody hopefully is going, yeah, of course, yeah, it's a blessing. I think that. Um, you know, I was looking up and I went to the Barna group and I wanted to share several slides uh, from their statement of the Bible, 2019, they're probably about to come out with another one. I don't think they came out with one in 2020. Uh, but it's State of the Bible in 2019, Trends in Engagement, Engagement in the Word. So we would say we love the Word of God. We think the Word of God's valuable. How often are we engaged in the Word of God? And um, this, this study was released in April 18, 2019, and I wanted, I began by putting several, several of the graphs on, on slides, and I thought, well, I might be infringing on copyright, so I'm just going to sum it up, and if you want to, you can Google it with your phone, uh, or Siri, or whatever you, you iPhone people do, uh, and, and you can look at those graphs if you want to there. Um, but I'm going to just sum it up, and they use 14 questions covering adults. Now, I just want you to understand, uh, I have a very low opinion of, of polls, okay? <laughs> but I think there's, there's still some truth in them. But they use 14 questions covering adults' views and practices on the Bible, uh, and they use about 2,000 people, and the reason I oftentimes have a, a low view of polls is because it seems like they rarely ask the right people, and sometimes they ask the right people, but with the wrong questions, okay? I think Barna Group is pretty good about it, though. Um, they tried to gauge or measure frequency, that is, how often people interact with the Bible, centrality, how the Bible shapes their choices, and impact. How the Bible transforms their relationships, okay? So frequency. How often do you get into the Word of God? And I hope for us it would be once a day. Centrality. How the Bible shapes 
their choices? Do we have a biblical worldview? Do we apply the word of God into our lives? Do we allow God to guide and, and, and help us through life as, as we seek to make godly choices? Do we let God um, use the word in our life to, to help us make those choices? Or do we just say we do? And impact, how the Bible transforms their relationships, or how does the Bible affect us, okay? There were several graphs I, you know, again, I wanted to show you, so again, I'm just going to refer you to that web link. First, with the first two graphs, there has been an increase over from between 2019, 2018, in engagement amongst those who accept the Bible or are neutral to it, while there has been a decreased engagement amongst the disengaged. That is, really, those who already have a good view of the Bible, or at least a neutral view of the Bible, there's a, a small percentage point of them being more engaged in the Bible. But with the disengaged, far less likely to have any idea. And so those two camps, they're going in the opposite direction. That's kind of the picture I had in my mind as I was reading through that. Which is not good, really, uh, for the one and not good enough to the other, for those who, who are engaged. Second, more than a third or 35% of adults never used the Bible in 2019, which is a 25% increase since 2011. Okay? So there are 10% less adults from their polling uh, using the Word of God since 2011 to 2019. So is this a bad thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just maybe once, you know, even looking at a verse or whatever it is. Third, those who read the Bible are more apt to give, uh, give in greater percentages and frequency. Their generosity increases. That's another thing they learned. And fourth, on the pie graph on that chart, uh, to put the two together, this agree and strongly agree makes 59% agree that the Bible has transformed their lives. Okay, And that's one I want you to really grab a hold of. The Bible has truly, they believe, about 60% of those engaged in the Word of God believe it has transformed their lives. And fifth, about half of Bible users agree their engagement with the Bible has made them feel more willing to engage with their faith. And so that's just a little more dissected from number four there on the pie graph. The last paragraph and graph points to how the Bible transforms their lives and guides their decisions and feelings. And so the last two really are pointing how transformative in a person's life is the Bible. Question. That's a question. How transformative is it in their lives, the ones that use the Word of God? And so what we need to do is ask ourselves again, and again and again, really, is, is the Bible a blessing? Does the Bible change me or guide me? So I want you to ask yourself, does God's word really change me? Does it guide me? 
You know, when we sit in Sunday school and we talk about the Word of God, does that impact my life in any way? And, and do I make better decisions during the week or throughout the year from what I've learned from the Word of God? Another question we can ask ourselves is, where would I be or what kind of negative decisions might I have made this week had I not had a biblical perspective? Now, this is a what if, okay? But I wonder about those who, who are engaged in the Word of God, and as I've talked to others, you know, how, how we might overlook how impactful it has been in, on our life, okay? So what are some negative decisions I may have made this week had I not been in the Word of God? Kind of a weird question, isn't it? But I, I want you to kind of consider just a little bit that God's Word really is a blessing. And even if things aren't perfect in our lives, when we're even in the Word of God, that it is still far better than what it could be. And so let's get a little bit bigger view of this, okay? Let's think about this on a bigger scale. Um, if I had never known Jesus as my Savior, come to know Jesus as my Savior, or had my wife or I or, or my family uh, never accepted his word or what the Bible says, would we be here? Would I as a couple still be married? Where would I be today had I not had any biblical instruction or had I not decided to follow Jesus, even if I'm doing a poor job of it? Have you ever asked yourself that? I mean, we're pretty blessed out here in Nebraska. The The word of God from our our, our ancestors that has affected them, whether there's people that, because there are people who have rejected Christ, and they're still blessed by the reality that we are a Judeo-Christian valued culture here in the central Nebraska, okay? So they're blessed by the Word of God, even if they may not fully understand it. Because our culture has been blessed by the Word of God, even amongst the secular people, Really with the idea, and, and today it's fascinating. You see some of the things that are coming out. And, and they want people not to be bullies. They, they want people to be caring and yada, yada, yada. Well, we've known this all along, that we're to be loving people, compassionate people, trying to point people, others, to the Lord Jesus Christ. But in that, we care about them. Therefore, we're not going to bully them. Therefore, we will stick up for the bullies. Right? Amen. Wouldn't that be true? Isn't that true? I'm like, come on. This is something we've known forever that we care about other people. And if we're servant leaders, we put them first. And so our culture has been extremely impacted in a positive way by the word of God. And so our culture has been blessed by the word of God. But the question again is, where could I possibly be if I had never really accepted Christ? Or if I said I had and I'd never accepted the word of God and didn't live it in my life. I would venture to guess a lot of us would be in a far worse off place. Emotionally, physically, economically. Doesn't mean, though, that we couldn't have better things economically uh, had we rejected the word. But in general terms here, we know the Word of God is an extreme blessing to us. 
And, and a bigger question for some of us, what about whether it's your nieces and nephews, grandkids, or our children, where would they be had we not accepted Christ and God's word? Now how, how, now the question I want you to ask is, how deeply do we let the word of God change us and guide us today? And so let's go to the next statement for our brief study in the weeks to come. Got ahead of myself now. I got to quit hitting buttons. <laughs> the Word of God, the Word of God is given for our transformation and not just for our information. And you all know I didn't come up with this statement, okay? The Word of God is given for our transformation and not just for information. Now, I want to challenge you that if you do truly know the Word of God, it should somehow affect you in a positive way. But the idea here is that we need to not only have the information in our noggins, but we need and we absolutely have to try to apply it to our lives. We need to seek God's will in it. And so when we sing, read your Bible, pray every day, a part of good Bible study methods always includes prayer praying through it, right? And I know I may be speaking to the choir in a large degree, but I, I just want to ask you, do you agree with this statement? And I'm one that loves the information. I love the study of, I love the, you know, looking over the old, uh, the Greek words, seeing how those compare, looking over the translation, seeing how they, they read it. Uh, the historical context, the cultural context. I love all of the study. I love all of breaking down the grammatical forms, and that's just enjoyable for me when I have time. <laughs> and I really love just reading the Word and let it, letting it saturate my life. Now, with that being said, it's very difficult at times to do that. There are times where I'm so tired and whipped, or I'm just emotionally drained, that it's like I'm reading through it, and it's, there it is. And I'm not letting it saturate my life or sink into my thinking, and therefore it doesn't get to my heart. But do you agree with this statement? Do you agree as well, Psalm 119, 1 and 2, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord? How blessed, again, there's blessed again, are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their hearts. Who seek him with all their hearts. And so we need to start with another question. Okay? And I think we all are past that. But is the information accurate that we have in the word of God today? Is it accurate? And... Uh, another question for us is if we reject the word of God and we get inaccurate information or, you know, if you look at the news and there's information out there, can that negatively change someone's life or transform their life? And so if there's things out there that, yes, would be the answer, okay? There's information out there, and let's just take a biblical instance. In Genesis 3, what happened? Oh, well, God didn't really mean that. You shall surely shall not die, right, Adam and Eve? 
And it's, with that, we come to um, the next verse. I submit to you that God is the one in control, and it is his word is absolutely true. And in 1 John 1, 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. In a sense here, one, one reality from this passage is God doesn't change. There's nothing demonic or negative in what who he is, and therefore what he gives is truth. Okay? It is good and reliable. What he gives or ordains as truth is therefore truth and lies are detriment. Okay? So going back to the Garden of Eden, when he told them not to eat from the tree, right? And I don't have these verses before you, but Genesis 3, 1 and Romans 5, 12. Romans 5, 12 talks about through Adam, Adam and Eve sinned, or Adam sinned, and because Adam sinned, thus death, and I messed the verse up. Let me go there. <laughs> Let's go to that passage, Romans 5.12, in your Bibles. Romans 5.12, let's read it. <clears throat> Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered into the world and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sin. And so can bad information or accepting lies lead one person down the wrong path? Genesis 3.1. Not only one person, but his whole race. Not, all, not really the race, all of humanity. All human ethnicities. James 1.15 is another important passage, but let's move on. But, but just important for you to understand that, that lies and lust can negatively impact a person. And just as that can impact a person, the truth of God's word can positively affect and benefit a person. And therefore, we're going to look at the transform, transformational accuracy of God's word. And that is that the Bible is God's accurate revelation to man. So what is revelation? Revelation uh, is, and the Greek word means unveiling or disclosure of. He has revealed himself through his creation or nature, as we read in Romans 1, 16 and 17. And his revelation goes beyond Scripture, but that validates Scripture. So turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4. In Hebrews chapter 2, 1 through 4, it says, For this reason we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard, 
God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. And what I want you to understand here is there's more revelation than what we find in the word of God, but much or all, if not all of it, proves the validity of the word of God. But it goes beyond the word of God. There were many miracles and signs that were given, but again, they verify the veracity of Scripture. I have a list of at least 13 ways in which God revealed himself or his will, not only to man, but to the Jewish people. And the greatest one, look at John 1, 12, 1, 14. <clears throat> John 1, 14. Anybody have this memorized? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Jesus is the word as we read in, in John chapter 1. And the reality is, I want you to understand, is that through many ways we know the salvation given to us and the word, written word given to us, is true it is god's word we can trust it so we can trust his written word in brief okay next the quote the quote i love you probably heard me say it more often that than not the word of god and this is a definition of inerrancy it is inerrant that is wholly true true in whole and in part without error in everything affirmed, not just spiritual or redemptive truth. And the importance of this is that I have seen on liberal churches where it says, we believe in God's word insofar as we believe that it holds some redemptive or spiritual truth within it. <laughs> we don't believe or buy into all of the stories, Jonah you know, and the whale or the large fish did not happen. How could that happen? The miracles can't happen, right? We don't buy into the crossing of the Red Sea. But look at, I mean, even this morning, Jesus validated the reality of Jonah and what happened to him. And then the repentance of the Ninevites. And so when you get into inerrancy, it's important there's a, you know, let's go to 2 Timothy 3.16. I may have this up there, right? 2 Timothy 3.16, you probably have this memorized, and it's important. And so we say, oh, man, this, we're in Sunday school again. Yes, we are, okay? Just a little bit. But I think it's crucial for us to reaffirm in our minds the importance of Scripture as we march along. Um, there are so many issues and so many topics today that we could deal with, and I should deal with, that's going on within our culture, within the United States, and throughout the world. And then there's our personal issues that we're all dealing with, right? Has anybody's life stopped because the world has gone crazy? Has anybody's life issues stopped? I mean, maybe you're up there on the plateau for the time being, the mountaintop where you can see the full view of the sunshine, you know. 
some of us may be down in the valley. It hasn't stopped. So not only when we look at the craziness of the world, but we have the craziness of our lives, and what do we fall back on? There's a lot of things we can discuss. But everything should be guided in our understanding of what's going on in our personal lives in the world by the Word of God, because all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. All the Bible is included. (laughs) All the Bible was breathed out from God that is inspired. So another passage, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. They were driven by the Holy Spirit to write exactly what God wanted them to write without limiting their individual styles. It is inspired. It is God-breathed. It is unbreakable. So we're just briefly reviewing all of this, okay? Uh, John 10, 35 is a passage where he says it's unbreakable. If Oh, there it is. If he called them gods, and so... It's always good to know the context, all right? Context is king. We're not going to go there today because of tithes, right? Everybody can say, yay. Okay. If, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus is making a point in this passage, and he's just saying the word of God can't be broken. And so what I'm saying to you here, you guys have messed up, okay? You need to understand who I am. But he says, and the scripture cannot be broken. It's unbreakable. We can go to the jot and tittle passage, but we're going to move on. All the Bible is included. All the Bible has, was breathed out from God. And all the Bible is like God without defect. Okay, there's a lot of other things that we'll get into possibly. Um, But as we go to the next slide, I want you to see that the Bible is God's accurate gift to man. Not only is the the Bible God's accurate revelation to man, but it is God's accurate gift. It is a blessing. It's to man for man. It is for us to know God, right? It is for us to know right from wrong. It is for us to know it. No, especially not just God, but God the Son, and we can't know God the Father unless we know the Son, and so the Word of God points us to Jesus Christ, who himself is called the Word. I love that. It is for us to to come to that saving knowledge, to be saved and to be changed, and to know our eternal future. His word is exactly what we need in our lives. Amen? Now, this is a brief review, incomplete review, of why the Bible is so important for us in understanding that the Bible is God's accurate revelation to us. And it is his accurate gift to us and that it is there to change us and help us and guide us But it's not just for our information, it's for our transformation. It reaffirms to us uh, the necessity of our continual, you know, when we look at the Word of God, it reaffirms to us 
the necessity of our continual reliance upon the Lord and his accurate word. So moving along very quickly. Yes, we're moving along quickly. More quickly. Clarity or validity. Okay. It's transformational clarity. That is, it's understandable truth. Right? It's understandable. He... He gave us lang- language, one language. Of course, then the Tower of Babel happened, and there's many languages. And don't you think it's, it's powerfully important to understand the original languages that God used were key languages that no one to, that you know didn't just fade away into oblivion as the years passed. Don't you think that's uh, a powerful reality for us to comprehend. Those languages just didn't fade away. We know what God said in those original languages to us. And then, not only did he give us language, the ability to communicate, he co- chose to communicate to us in a way that we can understand. So each one of us can understand God's word. We don't have to read it in Latin. And I you don't have to sit in the pews and listen to me preaching Latin. He wants us to know it in our own language. He wants us to understand it. And the what I'm trying to get at here is that we each one of us can read God's word. Yes, we had to translate the word of God into our own languages, but it could be done and it has be done, been done and it is understandable. And it is, therefore, precious. And every language has grammatical, structural rules. And if we follow those simple rules that we all have within our languages, we can understand God's word. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's all this hubbub, okay? Does that make sense? Each one of us, if we take common sense, practical linguistic rules that we all should know even if we don't take any English we do need to read (laughs) we can understand the word of God isn't that wonderful now praise the Lord that we can also use tools overseas using uh, audio to read out loud these words to people in their languages But let's look at Hebrews 4.12, and we'll be done, I promise. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So it's understandable truth in that it cuts to the quick. It is dicey. That is, it will convict. But praise the Lord, it will guide. It is more than helpful, and it is therefore not only understandable truth, but it is applicable truth. We should apply it to our lives. So therefore, Psalm 119.11, this book will keep you from from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. That's not what Psalm 119.11 says. What Psalm 119.11 says is that your word I have treasured in my heart or hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so there's this battle. 
This book will keep you from sin, or sin will try to keep you from this book. And I want to challenge each one of you that this word, the word of God, Scripture, the Bible, it can be used for all of life. And you know this. You're like, yeah, okay. We're here. Yep. It's for benefit. The other thing I I just want to challenge you with is that maybe we're taking for granted, and I know I do, how influentially blessed we have been for knowing what we do know from the Word of God and knowing who we know, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I know I struggle. Sometimes I'm reading the Word, I'm like, yep, that's great. Just like Pastor Lee's sermon, I've known it before. All right, there it is. Keep on keeping on studying God's word and letting it affect your life and know that you have been blessed and you will be blessed. And there's many of you who I've shared a similar conversation with in this regard that sometimes it's just really a struggle. There's so much going on in life. We have not talked about how the Holy Spirit uses Scripture in our lives and really the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of us and guides us with the Word of God. That even if we feel like we're in a slump, we're blessed. There's more than one of you that I've visited with about this, and I want to encourage you to press on. And pray. Pray for one another. Life is not easy. It is difficult. And because it is difficult, we can oftentimes neglect the reality of the blessings we've received by the Lord through His Word and the power of His Holy Spirit. But remember, you know, it's pretty easy. We can get in this mode. It's all information. No, it's for our transformation. So how do we apply this? I want to encourage you first to continue to dig into the Word of God daily. Families. Spend time in the Word of God together, okay? We are blessed with Sunday school. I I would love to see, and I think we are so blessed in this church, we have a pretty strong Sunday school attendance. But it's not going to cut it. We need more. Our families need to be united in the Word of God, okay? Moms, dads, and children, sisters, Brothers, church sisters, and church brothers. Okay? So you're like, well, I, my kids are gone. Or I don't have kids. Spend time in the Word with those that are around you. Couples, husbands and wives, okay? You spend time with your kids. Spend time in the Word together. And when I say spend time in the Word, I mean pray too, Okay? Find a time to fight for your marriage in the sense of reading the Word of God together and praying, even if it's five minutes. Our country is in a spiritual battle. The world is in a spiritual battle. And we and our families are in a spiritual battle. Couples, 
are in a spiritual battle today. We need God's word in our lives. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, you know I'm not perfect. I'm preaching at myself. Help us all to know you and your word. Help us to, to take that time to allow your word to saturate our lives, to allow you, through your power of your Holy Spirit, to guide and direct us. May we be sensitive to your leading. May we understand what it is you've called us to do. May we understand your word and allow you to continue to, may we allow you to continue to communicate uh, to us through your spirit by the word of God uh, as we walk this life, difficult life on this earth. We ask for your blessing as we go out this week. Give us the ability and the strength to to, to make that commitment and to follow through. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, can the young men come forward and take up this morning's offerings?